Good morning, good evening, whatever time it is. Welcome back to Dance Planning. Today we are joined by one of the most handsome men in London. He's a self-proclaimed nerd with a love for fashion. He is model, content creator and all-around lovely bloke, Andrew Georgiadis. Andrew chats to us about what it was like to be part of the infamous Hollister staff, crashing at a follower's family home in Paris during Fashion Week and how Drunk Warzone almost deleted his life's work. For the bonus content this week, we've been absolutely inundated with audience questions. So we've handpicked some of the best ones alongside Andrew's spot recommendations and the rest. After that, be sure to head over to our Reddit at our dance planning and let us know what you thought of the episode. But for now, sit back and enjoy the main pod. Enjoy. So, you two. Hello. Oh, hey, Danny. How are you, how are you doing? <laughs> I'm not bad. How are you? I'm pleasant. I'm swell. <laughs> I'm swell to read. Yeah, it's hot in here. He's swell. Look at those <laughs> when, arms. When you guys said that it was hot in here, it's now starting to get hot in here. Yeah, the yeah. nightmare is basically, this is like a, a physical and mental test because we have to have yeah. the windows closed due to the tube. And yet, my God, it heats up quick. Yeah, yeah. We just use it as an excuse to get you in a sweaty room to, you know, yeah, get yeah, you I'm already, I'm already sweaty. one layer down. So, <laughs> so just, just in my vest. How do you two know each other? When did you guys meet each other? I think we met properly at when we shot Amy in Paris, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were, we were working with Amy. We did a shoot with them and we attended Brilliant, the show. And it. it was during that like, awkward kind of like lockdown period where Fashion Week wasn't really going ahead, but then brands still wanted to do things. And it was difficult to get into Paris and we somehow threw like paperwork and paperwork. We managed to get over there. And, and then Drimba, before the actual show... The woman came into our rooms to do the COVID test. Oh my God, it was the most ruthless. She probably just hated English people. Yeah. Because yeah. when she put that COVID test down my nose, I swear I could oh, feel it in my stomach. Oh, your nose. No, mine was somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> Same COVID test. She went first. <laughs> uh, but that's a little crew you went with there, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. It was me, you, Shaq and Magnus. Exactly. The dream is, team. That was the dream team. Yeah. I mean, I knew, I, I feel like I'd known Magnus properly for a year and we'd spent quite a lot of time together and I I knew Shaq and Elias from back in the day. Yeah. So I'd always known of you via that, but it was nice to like meet up. And it was just, yeah, it was good to just have like an intimate four person group and yeah. representing. We met like the equivalents, like the Spanish equivalents of us. Like, yeah. It was different. Yeah, yeah. There was like the different versions of us from other countries. It was countries. like Spider Man multiverse. Yeah, it was, it was a full multiverse saga. So I think I know you from uh, Magnus, basically. Yeah. How did you guys meet? I think, was there a bit of beef maybe over like a blazer or something like that? No, it wasn't beef. There was a mutual respect. What was this? It was, I think it was dazed. It was a magazine party happening at uh, the rooftop at uh, the Standard. And it was over Fashion Week right before COVID. And I pulled up and we're wearing the exact same coat. <laughs> My one's Ami and his one's, I don't know, probably like a running version of it. <laughs> and we were just like looking back and forth. It was what that Spider-Man like? meme. Just like, it's like a long overcoat in like a kind of speckled grey and black and white kind That's of... It. Yeah, it was it was nice. It was nice. I, I mean, I, that's the I wore that jacket for years. Then he comes along wearing this pretty much identical jacket. <laughs> I actually think you were there that day. You were at that party. Oh wait, at the top of the standard. There's a lot. Yeah, of those, yeah, there's yeah. A lot of those I think ones. you were there. Yeah. We just didn't speak. Me and Magnus were so engaged in our um, in our mutual clothes wear situation <laughs> that we were just like nothing else really mattered. But yeah, <laughs> I, I, like I a shot... jealous girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, what? I've been trying to meet Andrew for years. <laughs> So yeah, we met then and kind of like hit it off. I was shooting from film that day, so we got some like nice film pics and yeah, we just kind of hit it off from then. So that's how you met Magnus? Yeah, but I only knew him as that guy who was on that PAQ episode. I didn't know he no was- No way! Yeah. Yeah. We love that! <laughs> 
No, no. Do you know the the reason I actually knew Magnus was um I, I think it was like High Snobiety. Did they do uh, fashion? PAQ did it. it was, yeah. So PAQ yeah. hosted the High Snobiety. Yeah. So that's how I recognised Magnus from when he lost that. Yeah, he, did. he lost that. Magnus gets so much slagging at this pod now. Yeah. Like, what did someone say before? I think it was Zach saying about when Magnus was relevant. And nobody. Now we've got Andrew on. Poor lad. No, I love Magnus, though. I love Magnus. He's the best. That's some good times. Go on. Gave Magnus his first ever mushroom trip. <laughs> <laughs> How did that come about? If you know me, like, personally, you'll know that at some point in a conversation, like, mushroom or like psilocybin will will come up in topic and like i'm not really a drug user in any other way but just a fun guy i've always just a fun just a fun guy (laughs) but i've i've always just really been curious about psychedelics and i think throughout lockdown it was something i was really exploring the kind of like positive effects that could have and so during lockdown we had more than enough time to you know dive into anything i kind of dove into psilocybin and I just became really passionate about it. So Magnus, during that time, would hear obviously a lot about it. And I ended up convincing him. Do you know his apartment? Yeah. Obviously the classic apartment. The Shoreditch one. In Shoreditch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I was like, this would be a sick place to do a trip. Like, (laughs) so I ended up having... I know the day it was, by the way. I just realised I was with him the day before. (laughs) We ended up convincing him to... We had like... It must have been like 10, 12 of us. We went over and we, yeah, we basically had a full-on uh, mushroom trip in his apartment. And it was just like classic scenes. And, and, and I was like, bro, maybe for your first time, just take like this amount. And one of my friends was like, come on, take two. <laughs> and he was like, all right. So he took two. And I just remember like it was about 9 p.m. And But for him, it was his first trip. So he he felt like it was going on for an eternity. Yeah. And there was like, you know, I don't know, like a book was out of place or like something was on the uh, floor. Yeah. And, but in his mind, it was like this chaos of like... <laughs> Of like my sacred apartment is like yeah. trashed. And I hate and he was like, that. He was like, "Is the night gonna end?" Like Andrew, like, what am I gonna do? I was like, "Bro, you know it's nine p.m." I was like, "We're all gonna tidy up." He thought it was like three, three, four, five a.m. at this point. We had to like calm him down. But aside from that, it's just like it's just something we all remember as like crazy and amazing night. Yeah. I'm assuming the person that egged him on to have more than one was a pretty female. You know what? I mean, it, it's my friend Philippe. So yeah, but he he is a pretty female to be fair. Okay. He's a pretty. Uh, he's a very pretty guy <laughs> so i think you know your, your new passion of uh, psychedelics that's not why we got you on we got you on for your passion for fashion <laughs> oh yes and i think we let's go back a bit and find out where it started okay. the good old days in hollister so i never actually knew this but yeah so do you worked at hollister yeah yeah how old were my, you at this point that was my introduction so i got the job there when i was 16 so i just turned 16 but i just come off the back of a trip to new york with my family and i remember just like like Walking through the streets in New York, you know, you got this atmosphere and everything. I'm just hearing some noise, some thumping noise. And it was Abercrombie and this music was coming. I just see these like people dancing at the front, like girls, guys, <laughs> topless, just kind of like moving, grooving. I was like, mommy, take me into this spot. <laughs> so I end up going in. I'm just like, what is this place? Like, it's crazy. I've never been to a shop like this before. Yeah, I don't know if you guys have seen the um, the recent I've documentary it on it. Yo, it's, it's very truthful and enlightening as to how it was. But at the time, I think everyone was just so like engulfed by it. That, yeah. you, know, you were in it. So I remember I was, I was a young boy. I was like, just turning 16 and I came back to London. I was like, that, is a, that was a crazy place. And I pull up to Brent Cross and I was announced like, buy Abercrombie and Fitch. We're launching our Hollister store, the first one in Europe. So it was the first one coming out of the US. And I was like, I need to work there. And I remember going to the interview and the interview process was essentially just like, 
saying hey what's up on camera and like them taking portraits of you and i got the job and i was like boy i worked hard all my friends working in like supermarkets and stuff and i was pulling up to this place like zero hour contract so i could work as much or as little as i wanted and it was just like a rollout of really cool good looking people, people coming in yeah yeah but i mean i want to take away from the fact that it did also create an amazing environment because what it tended to be because of the contract while it was like very beautiful people you'd always find people in the creative field so people who were involved in fashion or actors or musicians or people from abroad so it was like kind of like this like small community it, yeah it was this community of like people coming through from all over which i think what london is in, in its terms a melting pot of like multiculture and and and, and i think that's what's great about it. and i think this was like this it opened my eyes to to that beauty of what london is as well because it was like that was a congregation of everyone creative or doing you know doing part-time stuff or doing things that, that they need to have a flexible job in order to maintain. Yeah. That was my kind of introduction into the fashion industry. I was always into like cinema, film, music. That was always like big other creative aspects of my life were passionate. I was passionate about. I studied design and advertising. So I was always involved in that. But this kind of showed me, okay, well, fashion isn't thing as well. And while I was wearing, you know, really baggy ripped jeans and flip-flops, I want to be a surfer dude, you know? <laughs> so it went from that extreme, that Hollister period, Period. I was there from when I was 16. I was working part-time through through school and I loved it. I loved the whole thing. And, and because of that, we would... <laughs> the Hollister cards, our associate cards there, would allow us free access into Mayfair clubs for some reason. Really? So When you were 16? When I was 16. <laughs> my school friends would be going to Watford or down the pub and these kind of spots trying to get drinks. And I'm going to like these Mayfair clubs at 16 <laughs> with an associate card that lets me like skip the queue and get straight no in. It was way. like a private members club kind of thing. It was, it was just absurd looking back at it. Um, so that kind of really introduced me into like central London because I'm a Harrow yeah. boy. Like I was born and raised in Harrow, you know, whilst I'm like easy access into London, I'm not I wasn't in the midst of it, yeah. That really introduced me into it. And then I switched opposite. They opened an All Saints and then All Saints became like the big Uh. thing. When I started uni, I was at uni in Nottingham. I'd come back and I ended up switching over to All Saints and it was like I betrayed Hollister and it was, at the time it was this big like rivalry and I sh- switched from the flip-flops and the baggy jeans to super skinny fit jeans yeah. like I was in like the skinniest skinny jeans possible and women's yeah so I was wearing my mum's jeans at one point like indie uh, days yeah that was full indie days that's where I had like the straightened hair going across my <laughs> face like yeah 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 did it ever feel exploitative or was it just kind of like nah this is fun we're just young with a sick clothing store you know what it's like we we all knew it wasn't there was something not completely right about it and you know we didn't have social media in the same way we do now where like our generation like young generation we will now speak about everything yeah so it's kind of like if that was the way the world was we were just like rolling with it i mean i remember times where I, i went in and i had like you know i had a spot on my face or like my skin had broken out and i i wouldn't be in dudes one I'd be in Dudes 3. They'll put the best looking people in Dudes and Betty's 1. So that was the rooms. They were called yeah. Dudes and Betty's. So you have, they've split the store into girls and boys. And yeah. you've got Dudes and Betty's 1, Dudes and Betty's 2, Dudes and Betty's 3. And then you've got the back. And if you're really bad looking or that deemed bad you're looking, the they put crew. you in the back that day. So if you're, if you're looking rough, you'll know it because they'll put you in the back. <laughs> but, you won't be seen by people. But Dudes 2 was the place for a dance-off then. Oh, yeah, yeah. The dude, Dudes and Betty's 2, that was like that middle ground of like... The proper pretty boys are up front with nothing. Yeah, yeah. Like saying hi to everyone. So yeah. when you guys get to do what you really want to do in, in the, in the yeah. middle ground. So you're having dance-offs and you know you've got all the plant pots you know you can tactically hide behind. So, you, <laughs> you know, you're manoeuvring through things and you just know this place. I could go... The thing is, customers would come in and they'll be shocked by how dark it was. Yeah. But 
we had adapted to this scene. They're like, <laughs> the smell is, the aroma is like affecting them, dizzying them with us. We became so adapt to it. I'm like moving through blindfolded <laughs> through this scene. Like, so we're doing dance-offs. It, it just became like an amazing place just to kind of make you friends. You all became and, feral. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really, really. It was did. just the hot kids feral dance club. Yeah, yeah. By the, by the end, we were topless, but no one knew it because it was, it was so dark. <laughs> so we could really get away with anything in there. Anything went, to be honest. Good <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> when you were saying about obviously there's not as much social media now what was your first introduction to social media it was high school pixo so yeah. i don't know if people know pixo pixo and msn i'd say msn messenger yeah those were the glory days yeah that was when you know you could have your favorite track would be in your like username or the llama song as well ex- <laughs> yeah, I, was, I was always a neo track neo chris brown for me you know oh god so, shock <laughs> or, or it was like some super indie track at the time. I can't even remember the names, like uh, Goo Goo Dolls or something. Oh know? my God, yeah. And, and I used to do this thing where I used to Photoshop people's faces over fire. Oh, right. And this is sounds, sounds <laughs> absurd at the time, but everyone at the time wanted to be photoshopped over fire. Get, yeah, it was so a it's, fire pick. Like, yeah, you know what I mean? It's not like you were pretending they were on fire and no, no, having no. them burn. It would just it basically be like, it would be the mixtape album looking, you Get, know, so yeah. I, w- I would just be there. I loved Photoshop at the time. So I would just do these crazy graphics. Everything would look like an album cover. So Did you I charge just, for it? I stupidly didn't. <laughs> It was it's crazy in hindsight. I could have made so much money because I was the only one at school who knew how to use Photoshop or Adobe Paint Shop Pro or whatever the, the software was at the time. And I just, it was just favors, but it bought me like clout in a way. You know, it was just kind of like, that's what it bought me, like popularity. Like everyone wanted to be a part of my Pixo site. Yeah. And I was like, wow, this is a great thing. And then Pixo like fizzled out. Yeah. I was like, okay, shit. And I kind of moved on to MySpace and then obviously Tumblr and then Facebook blew How up. How were you on Tumblr? Way before followers or anything like that. I had a girlfriend at the time and I used to use Tumblr quite a bit. And there's, there was this famous photo of me, just like a headshot with this the word chump over my mouth. And <laughs> supreme font. Like yeah, the, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The supreme font, exactly. Yeah. And that blew up on Tumblr along with a picture of my girlfriend at the time. And it was getting like 35, 40,000 reposts, which at the time what was like, yell. yeah, it's crazy. Viral. So I was going viral on Tumblr, but I remember my girlfriend hated that I was receiving all these questions from people. Uh, and I was yeah. getting a lot of like, you know, engagement. I ended up actually just like taking a step back from Tumblr because of her. <laughs> No yeah, way. yeah. So I kind of just like discarded it because she didn't really feel comfortable. Yeah. Social media was new at the time, so yeah. I kind of actually took a step back, and then it just fizzled out. Onto Facebook. Facebook was I just had albums that like, I used to have those just a small digital camera. You know, so I used to go on boys trip, Kavos, Zanti, Cyprus, where my, where my family. It was all Greek island, all group group of Greek boys. Yeah. We call ourselves the Three Hundred after that movie came out. So for Greek people, when 300 Spartans came out, that was like our holy grail. We backed it. So we would just, we owned it. But a few so, Trojans were used. Yeah. Uh, how, happy, how happy are you with that joke? That was a good one. He was, was preparing that one. It was, there's some Greek jokes probably going to pop up in this. So I used to take my digital camera everywhere and I used to just like albums. There would Each night would have about three albums worth of like, oh, this was before hell. the 10 pick carousel. Yeah, days, you'd like, whack 300 photos on yeah, there and you'd go tag yourself. Exactly, basically. yeah, I'd tag myself. I'll take it at this stage. This is uh, before you were modeling then. Yeah, I didn't actually start modeling until 
I got scouted my final year of uni and my family agreed that for them was just like not a, considered a proper job. Yeah. Like they wanted me to go through the conventional route of I go to uni, I study something, I get a job, you know, and I just kind of move through the industry like that. And for me, I ended up getting scouted while I was at All Saints as well. That was while I was at uni for, I think it was Elite was the first agency that scouted me and they just came into the store saw you came in the store saw me that must have been easy back then yeah. it's like if you work at a model agency you just walk in somewhere like Hollister all Saints. it's like yeah. right i love you, yeah, you that, and that you was where me. they scouted and i was like i was like oh sounds amazing like once i graduate i'll do it and i pulled up after i graduated six months later and mm. i was like remember you scouted me and they're like yeah we don't want you anymore oh, <laughs> I <was> like, oh. <laughs> but i ended up getting scouted again and first thing i think was nev's and I started modeling. But for me, it was always like a means to an end in terms of, I wanted to travel Southeast Asia with, with my best friend. He was one year behind me. So I had to work for a year and I was like, okay, I'm just going to model and, and work part-time retail until I go traveling. Yeah. Help, that helped me build up the money for my trip, essentially. So that's why I told my parents anyway. I was like, once I come back from traveling, I'm just going to get a job, like a graduate scheme or, or whatnot. What and were you studying? What kind of I field did, were you in? I did design and advertising. So it's always been creative. Yeah. It's not oh, as if yeah, it was... Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and, and for me, the more I spent in the modeling industry meeting, whether it was like magazine editors or like photographers, stylists, it was just like, I'm exactly where I need to be kind yeah. of. If anything, like this is a shortcut into where I want because I, I don't have to start at the bottom. I'm just like almost surrounded by all the people at the top at yeah. all the time. And I only realized that later on when I came back from traveling and I carried on modeling. I was like, you know what? This is actually where I want to be. I don't know what I want to do in this industry. But at the time I didn't. I knew I wanted to work creatively with brands. But at the time I was very much told you're a model. Just just turn up and, and, look, and look good. Yeah. But I was always a commercial model. I was, all my friends were all doing like runway shows and and high fashion. I was never doing TV commercials and where like the real that. money is though. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I was I was making I was making steady good money, but like career wise, like I wasn't like blowing through the the modeling industry. You yeah. Know? But I saw it as an opportunity to just like you know meet the people I wanted to meet. I, I'd do ecom. I was doing Harrods for example for years, and I was getting Sick. paid absolute pittance but I was doing it so regularly and I would just spend my day there just asking the photographer questions about film photography Sick. and what are the best cameras and, and lenses and just like absorbing I would ask the stylists about brands and Harrods obviously stock all the high fashion brands I was just just absorbing so I was just there it was school for me really so your understanding of fashion at this stage was still the high end of high street so yeah, all saints and places like that exactly there's like a nerdiness in you like you love films mm -hmm. yeah and like there you're talking about you always had your camera with you you're asking uh, that's probably the same with brands like I feel like there needs to be a bit of nerdiness in you to like love fashion as like yeah, a guy yeah, yeah. it's really weird but like it's interesting that that came later it was more yeah. like the creative side of things is what yeah. actually piqued your interest first yeah for sure I mean I started to realise how they all go hand in hand and I was like wow some of my favourite movies the styling in these movies are incredible you know and I'd always like bring it back to how you know or like some of my favourite like music artists I was like well what are they wearing and I was like well why are they wearing that stuff and I just realised like there was just this, this like interconnection between all these like creative mediums and I was like fashion is more than just what you wear it's an art form as well and it's like fashion shows are more about you know what's actually been shown on the runway but the story they're trying to tell in that particular show and for me that's where I started to get really interested in it and 
at first, I think it was my first luxury item ever that I bought from Mr. Porter. Um, it was a pair of Saint Laurent Chelsea boots, just the classic black Saint Laurent Chelsea boots. Nice. And that was kind of like my introduction into like spending money on, on a piece of clothing. And then I bought a pair of, from matches, I bought a pair of black Gucci loafers. So those are Come my on. two. I always started with shoes because I was like, you know what, if my shoes are, are look expensive, then I can figure out what I wear with the rest. I can wear yeah. cheaper stuff and, and get away with it because my shoes look good or my, you know. Is that something you still like stick with today? And like, I'm sure you get a lot of people asking you for style advice. Is that something that you always say to them? Is like, start with your shoes. As time went on, my I definitely wanted to build like a wardrobe that would last. Like I was never, as much as I would make myself aware of trends and I'd, I'd pick and choose my trends, I was also like, am I going to wear this in, even if I stop wearing it next year, Will I then see myself wearing it in 10 years or five yeah. years or, or whatnot? So I wanted to build a wardrobe that would last. And I think for me, uh, shoes and jackets are always something that you're going to have forever if you look after them. And I've always been someone who looks after my stuff. And I think that's the same with jeans. Like I, w- I would be happy investing in a pair of jeans knowing that I'm going to have those jeans forever. So over time, I think shoes and jackets were where I wanted to begin because I think you can get away with having simple basics for the rest of your fit and making it work. And But over time, I did start to close the gap. I mean, I still wear like vests. I'll get, yeah. you know, basics, Uniqlo. I actually, this, this vest from Intimissi, which is a secret. Like they do amazing ribbed white vests, Intimissi, and they're super cheap. Jordan's um, laughing. I have no idea. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, it's like a women's lingerie brand. Is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's where I get my vest from but yeah so like white tees and, and vests I think that they've always been staples yeah. but I've been wearing the same like trousers and jeans for for like years now like I'll yeah. have my like linen Loewe trousers in black and a beige and I got them maybe five six years ago I still wear, I still will like pair them with my fits now or you know it, I think that's what it's about it's like having your staples and adding new things to them and when you were finding more high fashion brands who were some of the first ones you gravitating towards being like this is sick like obviously you're saying you bought the cellar on boots yeah but just in general when did you first start to be like these are sick like was there any brands that stuck out to you i think after all saints i kind of started to move towards sandra was like my next place i loved sandra i love that parisian kind of steez yeah and I got a few like really nice like suede leather jackets from them. But I think in terms of like high fashion brands, the first brand that caught my eye was I think Tom Ford. He's such a face of the brand. Mm. And I really admired like, I'd hear about quotes he would say. And I was like, wow, that is like a, an idea of like a gentleman, you know? Yeah. And I think it was very classic, but then also was very sexy as well. So I think like early on, Tom Ford for me was like, that was... That was where I was introduced into high fashion. And then over time, it kind of, it definitely moved into Gucci and Prada and Loewe, uh, Jack Moose and Ami, Valentino. So those, I started to become more aware of those as time went on. And on top of this, what would be the worst outfit or trend you've been part of, do you reckon? Yeah, before we start talking about these nice clothes. Yeah. Let's draw a line under it. Worst fit. Worst fit. Worst trend. I mean, I've got some photos. Yeah, yeah. Can I see, let me see some photos real quick. Because I've, I've, I've looked back at some bad fits over the years. And I think, like, you have to have bad fits. You have yeah. to make those mistakes, you know? Not even mistakes. They're just, like, growing pains. Exactly. Oh, at the times, they feel right, though. That's the problem. Yeah. Oh, you feel like you are the bollocks. And then you look back and it's like, oh, my God. Horrendous. Okay, yeah, yeah. I did go through a phase. <laughs> 
I did go for a phase where I'd really love like a waistcoat and a top hat, kind of like a, a top hat, not a top, <laughs> not top hat. What's this called? The trilby, like a feather, a trilby, yeah, like a trilby, yeah. <laughs> not like the fucking monopoly man. What's wrong with me? <laughs> I'd buy a waistcoat that was intended for like a suit, and I would just wear it with like a t-shirt. It was very neo. Yeah, the, Did you ever do t-shirt with tie? Yeah, t-shirt. Oh uh, I'm, looking at the, I'm looking at some of these pictures. I've got like a, a pink t-shirt with a white tie. So we're, <laughs> really, we're really lucky because our friend Phil went to university with you and uh, is obviously friends with you on Facebook. So when we said to doing this with you, he said that's all this gold. <laughs> is that where you got these yeah. from? Oh my. So he was there. He would have he seen these like firsthand. Oh my God. God, yeah. So I, 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 even the skinny jeans at one point, I think I took like too far. Like you know, <laughs> ballbusters. Yeah, like I got to a point where because it would be my my mum's jeans, I'd be I'd wear them so low on my like ass because yeah. I physically they didn't have the crotch space to like. <laughs> so so it would be like super low jeans, but they would be really skinny, and I, it was it was the combination. I think it's the combination of things. I don't know. So we're gonna get some skinny jeans. We're going waistcoat, t-shirt, tie, trilby. Yeah. What, what was on the feet? Um, brown winkle pickers I went for a period of just wearing like boat shoes with everything yeah just like barefoot and boat shoes no matter what the fit like with the skinny jeans <laughs> yeah it would just be yeah quality I rate it yeah and you know again this I suppose this segment was sponsored by uh, Phil and from uni and Megan from your Hollister days so thanks them for Chucking you under the bus. Supplied us with the fit. Shout out. (laughs) So going from the past and speaking about social media, Instagram. How was it when you first got Instagram and how did you get to the level that you're at now where you're heavily curating photos? Because your Instagram is great where it's not just fit pick, fit pick, fit pick. You have the style where you take photos of just cool things. So you kind of have this whole lifestyle where it's not just fits did you always have that on instagram from like your past or was it something that you developed your style with firstly i appreciate those kind words my (laughs) friend means a lot i think going back to what i said before about you know being passionate about whether it was like film and music and i was always into photography and graphic design and and my studying background i was very much aware of what makes a good photo, what looks good. And I was always yeah. looking out for it, whether it was if I was watching a movie or or if I was out on the street and I saw something I liked, it was always something I'd pick up on. And that definitely translated over when I when I got into fashion as well and when I started Instagram. So for me, Instagram was, was amazing because I was told to download it at uni. We were at a seminar and they said, there's this new app, Instagram, we want you to download it. It's 2012 and we were told to download this app and start using it. So we did and at first it was like you use the filters and you kind of like play around (laughs) with them and then eventually I realized okay wow I can actually if I can get a photo that I've taken on my camera to my phone then I can start posting that and yeah I would post me and my brothers would go Cyprus every year and we were super into like uh into photography we were into underwater photography so we used to take the GoPro under and shoot like really cool stuff there and so for me, it was always about, you know, taking a cool pic, whether it was a fit pic or not. I, it was actually, do you know what? Fit pics came a lot later for me. I'd always take my pictures when I was in, on a holiday and I was always like topless on holiday. So I wasn't really <laughs> in a fit. It came down to a point where I really, I really wanted to start working with brands creatively. I knew that my modeling engine wasn't going to make that happen. So I, I almost had to do it myself and show them, look, this this exists, this market yeah. exists where like a model or someone with that background can work with a with a brand in this in this way and still model for them. And or maybe that could be a, a means to start modeling with them or 
I had to kind of do things myself. So originally I, I approached a friend who worked at Burberry and I was like, can you just put me in contact with these people? I'd love to like work with them. And the feedback I got was, Andrew, you always look, you never look like you're in London and you're always <laughs> topless. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to start to post fit pics. Like, so I littered amongst like what I would, you know, usually post and like photography, aesthetic stuff. I started to post fit pics and I, I was, I didn't post a topless picture for like a year and a half. I would only post fit pics and loads of hearts broke then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I ended up lo- at first I wasn't getting the engagement. I was just losing engagement, losing followers because people wanted wanted model Andrew. Yeah, but I, I, model Andrew isn't who I am. Like you know, I wanted model Andrew was a reason to be in the industry, and I liked cool pictures. I love cool pictures of myself, but I wanted my Insta. And people said to me, I used to get the question all the time when I was younger, like Andrew, why don't you start a photography account or why don't you start? And I was like, you know what, like. My account is me. Like, I want my account to be... I want to have the people who love me for photography to follow me. I want people to love me for my music taste to follow me. For people to love me uh, for, for the modeling stuff and the fashion stuff. And I wanted everyone to follow me for their own unique reason. I wanted yeah. to appeal to each person because, like, I'm a human who, like, is just fascinated about art and design and travel and food and you know, everything. Like, everything. And I wanted that all to exist in one space, which was me and not be, this is Andrew's modeling account. And that's why I really, I stopped posting any modeling job I did because I was like, that's that's not me. Um, unless it was a picture that I thought was really artistic, I, I yeah. wouldn't really share it. And I just started posting. I, I didn't want people to see me as like Andrew the model or Andrew this. I wanted the insight into actually who I was or what I wanted to be or what I wanted to be involved You're like in. a multifaceted person. Yeah, like, yeah. There's different strands to who you are. So I suppose that's like, what we'll call it, that's where you start to move into like the influencer space. Yeah. How would you describe what you do now is that like you know people say influence some people say content creator some people say creative yeah hi i'm andrew yeah. i'm a that's the hard because like, do you know what i get my um my grandparents or even my dad come up to me andrew <laughs> uh, so when i'm at the church and um, i'm speaking to people and they're asking i don't want to say you're a model because you're doing this other stuff as well so what did what do i say so i'm like i'm like but paul i, I actually Honestly, I, it is difficult. It's yeah. difficult because the world's changing so frequently, especially in this space that we're in. And we're all doing so much. And for me, it started off as, yeah, like, I guess, like, in its most simplest terms, a creative, an influencer. But I think that, that an influencer is such a broad term now that I don't want to use that label because I just feel like I represent like a smaller niche even when I wasn't making money through Instagram or through social I was always super particular with who I worked with I had to really you know be passionate about the brand and I didn't want it to be like an exchange of like my life to be like it's an exchange of you give me something I just and you exist on my like feed yeah. as a post I wanted to work with brands and I wanted to be a partnership and I wanted that partnership to exist outside of just a grid feed post and I was like how can that happen so i think like what i do now and i think it's still growing still evolving and i've got like you know like one year plans and goals and five year goals and and things like that and i think i want to work with brands in a way that you know exists outside it's of organic just, yeah just, just like long-term partnerships meaningful partnerships brands that i love with the potential to exist outside of just like a grid feed post you know who was the first partnership then and who's been your favorite who's treated you best over the years 
because you go abroad with some crazy brands, crazy people, yeah. and it does look like one big party. Yeah. <laughs> this summer has been incredible. These last few years have been amazing, actually. I knew what I've always wanted, and I knew where I always wanted to go, and I feel like I made a lot of sacrifices back in the day, and I feel like they paid off. And I, you know, you never knew, because we went to COVID, we didn't know, yeah. and I just made all the sacrifices pre-COVID, all the contacts, <laughs> and the, you know, I, I like all of that pre-COVID. So I was kind of like, I didn't know how, how things were going to come out afterwards, and I think I am working with my favorite brands and it's been a great year it started off for me my first I wouldn't call it a partnership it was when I you know was diving into trying to figure out what I wanted to do it was Tom Ford Beauty oh they sent me a fragrance and I just wanted to create something cool with it and I, I would shoot it and all of our brown swimwear sick so so swimwear brands they would always gift me so it was always started off with gifting and like yeah. I moved on to okay let me just create some cool content from from brands I've been gifted and so so brands that I want to work with can see what I'm capable so of producing. Rather than just the, thanks for this, yeah. you actually create a piece yeah. of content around it. So you go, look, I've done this this time. Yeah, and yeah. Maybe next time if there's a bit of a fee, I can get someone to shoot it yeah, for me yeah. and style it differently. Exactly that. And I think like, that's the best. You need to show people what you can do. So I, I invested a lot of time into that. But the partnerships really came when I went to Paris Fashion Week. If I like track everything back, all the brands I'm working with now, it was that week spent there which was in in so many ways horrific <laughs> like it was i'm i'm gonna actually have to tell you guys a story because i don't some people know it but not a lot of people know it it was the year before covid and i was convinced i was like i need to go paris fashion week that just seems to be where everything's happening and all my favorite brands show him like in, in paris so i'd kind of built a strong like relationship with a lot of the pr companies in London and I actually went to my modeling agency at the time and I said to someone who was working at the front desk at the agency but who's also like super into into fashion as well I was like oh can you can you just reach out to these brands with your your at wilhelmina.com email just look a bit yeah. more legit and we reached out to a bunch of brands and I, I didn't have that many followers at the time but I still you know had a maintained aesthetic which was you know high fashion and, and curated and artistic in and line I'd, yeah in line with what these brands you know represented so in in that first fashion week through through those emails that we sent out we got a response from from valentino from ami they wanted me to sit front row and dress me jack moose responded Byredo, Nanushka, and I think Byredo was launching a menswear tailoring line at the time with the, in a presentation. Nanushka were doing the first menswear presentation, and Byredo the scent. Yeah, and I didn't know what at the time that was my introduction. I didn't know what Byredo was, but I was like, let me check this this spot out, and I pulled up. So this was three days before before fashion was I got confirmed for these shows. Yeah. And I didn't have a place to stay and I didn't have a train. <laughs> and I was like, okay, guess I got guess I gotta book this trip. So I went online and I was like, okay, you know, the Eurostar, five hundred pounds was the only ticket left. Yeah. And I was like, okay. I was like, okay, maybe I'm a bit in, I guess I'm in over my head here. <laughs> I booked, I was like, Andrew, just take the hit, five hundred pounds, you're going there, these amazing brands will be worth it. And then it came to locking in accommodation. No, it's a bit. Oh my god, I nearly cried. In fact, I probably did. I was remember I was on set at or doing e-com at the time and I was looking at like Airbnbs and it was one thousand pound per night. Per night. And I started to look into for how things long? for a week. I wanted to be there for the whole week. 
And Airbnbs were 1,000 nights. Hotels were, were similar, if not more. Yeah. It turns out Michael Jordan was doing a basketball presentation that same week. Uh, yeah. There was a heat wave. It was some prince's birthday in Paris. It was everything Everyone wanted in, to be in Paris. Yeah, at this time. So I, was, I started reaching out to friends and I was like, guys, anyone I know in Paris? The classic Facebook story, like mm. uh, Instagram um, story, sorry. And just be like, eh, friends in Paris, can like someone put me up for a few days? Nobody came through. And it got to a point, I had a few, uh, during this time I was getting like random DMs as you do. And it got to like the day before, I remember I was shooting e-com and I found somewhere for like a grand for the week. And I was like, fuck it, just book it. You know, no No refunds. And I just booked it. I booked it for the month later. (laughs) So I'm again like changing into like 50 outfits that day, like freaking out, like on the phone to my agent, like, please, can you get him to cancel this? Like, get me a refund. <laughs> so like, they end up, she's trying to refund me for that, for that accommodation. I'm trying to find accommodation. It's my brother's birthday and we're going to theater that night. So I'm going straight. I've got no time yeah. to do anything. At the theater, I give in and I respond to someone. I respond to someone and they say to me, hey, big fan of your work. I've been following you for a while now. Me and my family are in the Maldives. Um, you can stay at our place while we're away. What? And I'm like, and I saw this earlier in the week, but I, I didn't want yeah, it. And at this point, I was like, you know, I'm desperate. I need to do this. I was like, thank you so much. Like, this, that's crazy. Really appreciate it. Are you sure? And he's like, yeah, no problem. Like, me and my family are away. I'll leave the keys here. Da, da, da. <laughs> so I was like, a breath of fresh air. Like, I just felt like the, the weight had been lifted off me. I was like, super excited. I went to a theater with my brother. We had a drink <laughs> after. I got home. I, was, I spent the whole night packing. Like, I was packing everything. And because it was like winter as well. So it was like, it was yeah. like, legit. I was packing everything. And I ended up going straight from packing to like 5 a.m. leaving for the Eurostar. So I hadn't slept. I was like, you know what? I'll sleep in the Uber. Yeah. And then I'll, then I'll sleep on the Eurostar. And I arrived and I remember being asleep in the Uber. I arrived, I pull out the car and the guys DM'd me. Hey, my sister and his boyfriend just pulled up to the flat. I'm so sorry you can't stay here anymore. <laughs> and I'm like, my, honestly, like I'm like, oh, I'm freaking out. So I pull up on the Eurostar. I've got the shitty internet connection. Thank God I'm in first class because it was the only ticket available. Yeah. I spent 500 pounds on. But the shitty internet connection, I'm like, Andrew, you've got to book anything. I dropped 2K on my on, on two nights and I was like, Andrew, just drop the first two nights and figure it out. So at this point, it's 2K on the first two nights and 500 <laughs> on the Eurostar. And I'm on no sleep. And I'm also like, I've got a bit of a sore throat as well. So I'm drinking Lemsip at this point. Like, I'm, like it's that point of winter where like, <laughs> yeah. you know, you're, everyone's getting ill. So I pull up, I go straight from the Eurostar with all my luggage to the Valentino fitting and I meet the Valentino team and they're amazing and I'm still working with them today and I love them so much and that they were there from from the first fashion week and I went to my fitting with them and I went, I had the Heron Preston show straight from there. So again, I went with all my suitcases to the Heron Preston show. <laughs> I'm sat next to like, right beside like Virgil and like someone else. And I remember- What was your luggage saying? What, what did you My have? luggage, I had to leave it outside. But, I mean, was it I, cool luggage or is it literally like the same one you used to take on family vacations when you were 10? No, yeah, no cool luggage. It was like, it was like, it was just random luggage, but it was, it was kitted out. Like I had all this kind of like, I had like our legacy pieces. I had like Ami pieces. I was really like excited to kind of show off what I'd bought, you know. 
but I was there with my sunglasses and I realized early on like why people wear sunglasses during fashion week is because like no one slept or everyone's yeah. dying. So I was at that first show just like dying. But I'm just like beside like all these amazing people like Virgil and things like that. And I'm really like, wow, this is crazy. But I'm like, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna die if I don't figure this out you know, for the rest of the week. <laughs> and I end up pulling up to this hotel room in the middle of nowhere. Like I wasn't paying like a grand a night for an amazing hotel. I was paying a grand a night outside of the city essentially, like in a box room. And I remember sitting on this box room I'm sipping on my lem sip and I've got Valentino hanging from the wall Amy hanging from the wall <laughs> like thousands of pounds worth of garms in this box room I'm sitting on my bed cross-legged crying just like <laughs> sipping this lem sip like what am I doing <laughs> like on the phone to my mum like mum I don't want to do this no more <laughs> yeah so that was the first night and I was like Andrew pull yourself together boy <laughs> and I was like you're just gonna go to these shows you're gonna just like make it work you're gonna do whatever you gotta do this week it's gonna like work out so the next day I end up going to a party and I start meeting some amazing people and certain brands I wasn't invited to the shows they were like oh you can come with us to it was the Bauman did like a an amazing show and a party that season so they invited me to that and and just things started happening and then amongst this like positive energy I went to the Byredo presentation I met the team there and I I was shooting everything on film. So I had my contacts with me and I was shooting portraits of the Nanushka presentation on film at Byredo. I was just trying to get like some amazing, beautiful imagery of anything that I could. And that evening I got a message from from this guy and he basically said like, oh, my sister and her boyfriend have left now, you can move in. <laughs> so it was, it was almost like this shift of mentality that I had. I was like, Andrew, just going to roll with it. Yeah. And just like things really started to fall into place. And I ended up moving to this guy's place and, um, How was it? It was, was a, it was a beautiful. Was it like a Fallon Partridge where you walk into the bedroom and it's like a shrine yeah. to you? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! And you know that would have been amazing. That would that would have really topped off that week. <laughs> but you know what? It was it was actually a beautiful place. So shout out to to that guy. I still actually owe him a coffee. I said when he's in London to hit me up and I'll take him take him for a coffee to say thank you for that. Yeah, I stayed that place and and honestly, as the week went on, I was making contact after contact and you know meeting the the PRs and just every, the brands and just like it was going to shows it was just an amazing week on on every level and I came back and I'd taken a hit financially because I was getting Ubers everywhere and yeah like it was a massive hit financially at the time however all the brands I'm working with now Ami Valentino Jack Moose Byredo you know all these brands that are gifting me and sending me things or I've seen grow Nanushka like uh, this was like such an early stage for Nanushka and I've seen them like grow so much in the last few years at Ami as well like it's been like beautiful to see so all these brands that that I'm working with now and I'm so fortunate to be working with I feel like it really spawned from that you feel sap- like you've also grown together price. yeah I feel like I've I do feel like I've grown together with them um so is that like a bit of advice then is like every, everything that we do in life's a gamble but like, yeah. you know, sometimes it's worth investing your money and the long term, you might not see the gain straight away, but long term, yeah. you, you may see them. Yeah. No, you, I honestly believe you will. I don't know if it's a may. Like if you invest in yourself, see it as a reinvestment into yourself. And I think that's what I was doing. And I think when I hear stories about um, like actors and musicians being like, oh, I was on like, I had like one P left in my account and I like made it. I always, I always used to think about that. I was like, wow, that was very lucky of them. Like, just as they had one P in their account, they made it. <laughs> and like, the more I started thinking about it and experiencing life and approaching life in a way that I had to take risks because otherwise I was going to coast through life and I didn't want to be a, an e-com model and I gave up all my e-com clients in order to give myself more time 
and I was like, you know, that was a financial risk to do that. But I was investing into like paying for brands, like buying brands that I into brands that I loved. Like I was buying like clothes from Loewe or Jack Moose or Ami. It was a risk because I was spending money on materialistic things at the end of the day or materialistic experiences like Fashion Week, which was a yeah. great time. I was going to parties out there and having an amazing time. However, like that reinvestment does pay off. It does pay off. And it's a but it is a risk, you know. You have to take that risk. You have to put yourself out there. And you have to believe in yourself or have like a vision for what you want or who you want to work with and what you want to accomplish. And I think those risks do pay off. And that is exactly what happened. Like I was at a point where I was making no money and I was like, God, what am I actually going to do? Because I want to prove to my like grandparents, my Baponya, my parents that like there is space in this industry to succeed and, and yeah. accomplish and not do it is things. a real job. Yeah, not do things the way, you know, go to university and do things the way that the system has, has always, you know, told us you, that you have to so I was freaking out. I was like oh, damn like I'm spending so much money I did reach that point of like wow I'm am I gonna make money out of this and it was that like one p in the account kind of time where I was like <laughs> wow and then everything starts coming through and you're just like wow okay was worth it and it is worth it to and do we, to do what you enjoy doing just when you were talking about like being in the outskirts of Paris and it costing you a thousand pounds and like mm. I mean Matt will be able to test this more imagine trying to book seven rooms in Paris during <laughs> fashion week for Four PQ boys, me, Matt, oh Meeks. Um, so Matt's the producer. So Matt had to do all this. So, <laughs> and like, you know, we got confirmed for all this stuff. It was with Farfetch, like two weeks for Fashion Week. So we were to be in one hotel. And again, same thing. Like loads of Tom Brown. We went to Milan first. Oh we? shit, yeah. So London, oh. Milan, Paris. But in the, in the room, like you've got all these Tom Brown suits hanging up, all these Louis Vuitton bags. The Louis Vuitton, what was that Louis Vuitton bag situation? Because that was so fucking rough. They, they, <laughs> they just gave us like four like huge duffels. Maybe more? They, they, were, just like, they were with um, an artist who'd like basically like, got these vintage Louis Vuitton bags and then like uh, sort of stitched over them and done like oh, his artworks yeah, yeah, over yeah, them. And they were that. worth like 10 to 12 grand each. Yeah, we just had like, we were in a shithole hotel and just like, Probably around like fifty k's worth of like clothes just in there, and I'm like, if we get robbed, we're absolutely yeah. fucked. It's the hustle, like no one sees that side of it. You know what I mean? Like that, no one can. I remember getting my my agent at the time who who helped me arrange that week was messaging me after that day like Andrew you've been in Paris for 24 hours and no one even none of your followers know you're there you haven't posted I'm like I haven't posted because I'm dead. Like, <laughs> I think that's what you were saying earlier though, like and a lot of people don't realize is. I mean, I do realise, but I you don't really think about it, is your feed and your stories, they, they are curated. They're not an accurate depiction no. of your life. No. Like, because if, if that was your life, what you post, I'd be the most, I mean, I'm jealous anyway, but I'd be the <laughs> most jealous man if all you did was sit on rocks posing like yeah. this with a six pack. Yeah. But th there's the hustle, there's moving house, there's, you know, like yeah, packing yeah. your clothes. Precisely that. Like even this year, which has been like unbelievable. The last, like since May, I feel like I've barely been in London and it's been, I've had some of the most amazing experiences, been away with the most amazing brands. Um, that does come with a sacrifice. Like I've had, it's come off the back of COVID, you know, I've got all my, I've got like multiple family members getting married all in Cyprus. Oh, so I've been going yeah. back and forth from Cyprus, but I've been getting clients to fly you know fly me out in and out of cyprus but that, that's sometimes like budget airlines like three three stops that aren't connecting flights or like unpacking you you know with the airport system at the moment as well so in those three months i had like probably like zero sleep i was getting on a new flight every day and i was like trying to balance just like experiencing such unique once in a lifetime things with you know making sure i get a post out of it 
you know, to yeah. deliver as well, because I want to make sure that, you know, giving that exchange, but then also at the same time being ready for the next thing the day after and or again being on zero sleep. And you know, when you're, you know, when you have to take pictures and look good and be sociable all the time, that does take its toll on you when you're going back to back to back to back and you're going to Cyprus for a wedding, have a crazy wedding night, then you're going to like, bouncing into fashion week to like live the fashion week life then onto the next thing onto the next then you're moving apartment you're trying to uh, juggle that so it's like crazy i mean and, and i would for me it's completely worth it like it, it's been worth it and i know speaking on that i know we have a lot of people asking for the skincare routine in the bonus episode mm. so if you want to listen to the skincare routine listen to the bonus episode but for now you've obviously heavily invested in your wardrobe that has got you to where you are today I'm sure you've had yeah. incredible items of gifting. If you could save one item, you're in your box room, you spilt some lem tip on your laptop when you're editing photos, the room catches fire. What do you say? That's, like, you know, that's actually traumatic. You know, <laughs> because something very similar to that actually happened and it's, I'm getting like flashbacks. Trigger warning. Now. That is a trigger, bro. Do you know about that? No. My God, do you know that? Um, do you know we went into lockdown and no one knew what, we got, what, what was happening lockdown. with the world? First lockdown, yeah. About like three weeks in, I didn't. I know people approached lockdown very differently. Like everyone was, you know, you know, some people were getting drunk every night at, at home, and with me, like I wasn't. I was just in Warzone playing Call of Duty Warzone yeah. for the first three weeks. But I did get brave one night, and then what was that? Get uh, was that chat party that you house could, party? Uh, house party. So I had house party going, and. It was at a similar time where I was on my laptop and I was like, I was trying to kind of like dive into projects I hadn't completed. So I shot like a photo documentary series in, in, in Japan a few years back, which I just never completed because of, you know, just busyness of life. So you put on hold. So I'm, I'm like bringing up old projects and I was like ed- editing, curating things. And I was writing lists or like trying to like email brands and, you know, putting together just like packs of what I could do from, <laughs> from home to, to survive this like lockdown year. So I had this like list laptop was my holy grail at the time. And I was on house party and I was playing Warzone before I jumped on. And every time we made a kill, we having a, I was having a swig of whiskey. <laughs> so by the time I go on a house party, I am waved. And I don't really get like that drunk, but you you have this full sense of security that I'm in my bedroom. Like, it's not like I'm on a party, I need to figure out how to get home. I'm in my yeah. room, I get drunk, I roll into bed. Easy. So I'm on house party and I'm DJing on house party. I'm getting waved, getting more and more drunk and comfortable. I haven't drunk in weeks because of the lockdown. I'm drunk in months probably. And... Um, I get so drunk, I spill the whiskey onto my MacBook and I'm so waved, I can't do anything about it. So I just collapse onto the floor. (laughs) Surely there's an (laughs) in-between. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, ah, no. And I kind of collapse onto the floor. And then I never, I never get that drunk. Like I'm always, I've always known my, my limits or at least learned them from like high school. And I've mm. never got, but I, it was this un, that unique phase. I hadn't drank in so long. It was locked down yeah. in my bedroom. Like I was just letting loose. Like everyone had to. It doesn't feel real. You know, so it didn't feel it. real. So I got so drunk and, and, and I woke up the next day, my MacBook had broken and I'd lost everything on it. And I was so, that was the first few weeks of lockdown. I had to like reinvest in a new MacBook as well. So you lost it for good. I, this- bought, I bought a new MacBook, I dropped like 3.5k on some new MacBook because I was like, if I'm going to get a new one, I need to get a good one. Go proper. And I was like, who knows what lockdown say? I might need, this might be my only revenue, you know, to, yeah. to, to make money. So bought the, the MacBook and I had it, f- the, I had the new MacBook for about three weeks and then the old one just turned on. Oh. <laughs> so it, I actually did save everything by three, like later, but yeah, yeah. So that brought back, 
I was broken when that. So happened. you spilled whiskey on your back. So <laughs> I my house on fire. Your house on fire. You save one item of clothing or shoes. What would it be and why? Yeah, it's actually so tough because I actually love all my shit. Save that grey blazer so Magnus can't. Yeah, yeah. No, oh, actually, I know love about, this. What about your running cl- uh, modelling collection? The running stuff you modelled? Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. That's on fire. But sorry, <laughs> sorry, Magnus, I ain't saving that. <laughs> <laughs> Something that I do really love. I have this Laura Piana shearling jacket, shearling leather jacket. Did you buy that? Uh, so I bought it. I had a friend who worked at LVMH and he managed to get like an invite into, well, they get an invite into this like an in-house uh, sample sale. So I got it and it was like down from 7.58K. I got it for a grand. Um, so it says like Laura Piana. It's like the most beautiful soft shearling uh, leather jacket. I think that's probably what I'd save. I feel like that's like grown like grown brand like yeah the row like yeah. piano they're like money <laughs> yeah i mean but the quality is there as well it's like it's like that the quality's always been there you can see yourself wearing it in 10 years time yeah exactly exactly so we could have spent a lot of time talking about all the brands and so much more watches jewelry hair care skincare but as danny said we've been inundated with questions about that so we're going to leave that for the bonus episode, because what we want to do now is find out a bit about that one-year plan and that five-year plan you mentioned. Okay. What's the goal? What What are you doing this all for? Big question. <laughs> that is a big question. <laughs> it's also hard. That's a revealing question as well. Like, yeah. I mean, do you keep, like, I have kept. I've. I'm keeping a lot of stuff close to my chest. Yeah, of, of course. course. Um, we won't. We won't. We won't show this to yeah. anyone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so okay, modelling then. Hold on, Jordan's wearing a wire. Be recorded. <laughs> um, no, but 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 long term, I I think I want to. I I don't want to give up, give too much away, but um, definitely five year plan. That Andrew will not be just the Instagram page and your face yeah. is what you're saying. Okay, yeah, yeah. The, the way the way I'll kind of word it is that. So for me, the modeling industry and my degree and my background creatively was a platform that allowed me to grow on Instagram, grow on socials, build an audience. And open the door. Um, and open that door to start working with the brands I wanted to work with and the people that inspire me and the people I love. And social media is a platform for me that the, the means to that end is to, to allow me to get my foot in the door with these brands. And then I think the next step for me is, is just moving even further outside of that realm where where I'm working with brands in a way that it doesn't it does, it's not limited to social media so I think I, I want to own something I want to have something that's that is my own that is something that's definitely a goal of mine so in the next five years and I've got quite a, I've got some plans on on what exactly it is I want but I don't I don't want to go into too much detail yeah. so you have to stay tuned for that however it will be something that I want to exist that is community based that also pulls inspiration a lot from my Mediterranean heritage but also the fact that I was born and raised in London so London culture what I have planned will kind of draw from those and also draw very heavily from my inspiration background whether it's fashion music cinema I want it to pull from all those all those creative mediums so not be limited to just like you know something that's clothing for example so yeah, I have no plans of doing a very specific clothing brand or like I don't want to do like something like that. However, what I do have planned will incorporate that. I'm just like figuring out now. It's not something it was something that I want to 
drip out slowly like it's going to be stage by stage i'm not going to just like come with you bam with like something that has like all this shit yeah. going on um so i've got to kind of plan how i'm going to execute it um however yeah it would be something that kind of like pulls together all my inspirations and draws a lot of inspiration from brands that that inspire me uh, which i guess we'll go on to later in those those quick fire round questions on top of my own thing i do really want to uh be more involved in other aspects of the creative industry, be it cinema, film, even music, in certain aspects, you know, so not specific to, like, I'm not saying specifically acting, although I am pretty passionate about that craft, but I'm also very passionate about, like, you know, the idea of, like, directing or producing. Yeah, um, I can imagine you being, like, a great, not brand consultant, but someone where you team up to maybe say, like, if they made a campaign video. Yeah. So rather than just making, like, little tidbits of content, obviously not something you do now, but yeah. as in making more long-form, collaborative, maybe, like, a season. So whether mm-hmm. it be a collection that's been starred by you, developed, and shooting everything around it. Do you know what I mean? Like, would you work with brands? Oh, God. I, yeah, you just reminded me. I, I assume I'm doing something like that right now. So I'm working with a jewelry brand they're really really amazing and they're super cool and amazing people like i admire wearing their stuff i'm not going to say the name of the brand we're really in early talks we're both on the same you know page of how we work and what we kind of aspire to to accomplish and yeah i'm going to be launching something with them in the foreseeable which would be like a small collect and I, i would love to do more of that kind of stuff you know work with a brand that i love create something you know create a small collection for them or produce maybe even shoot something for them yeah i'd love to do like a short fashion film something that's maybe shot in my hometown in cyprus so, so that's something i have plans for whether it will be for my own brand or whether it, i want to implement it into into a collection i do with someone else or something i, I definitely want to do something like that, that pulls together you know cinema and that aspect or like music and how that will be that will kind of dive into the music side and also be like amazingly styled and dressed and so whether it's fiction non-fiction for a brand however it is i definitely that's something i have plans to do as well oh yeah i'm not um, surprised to hear that like just based on everything you were saying the idea yeah. of like moving towards you sort of said move outside of it but i feel like move closer to the brands yeah. it's like is where you're heading because yeah. of like your reference points and stuff like that but then you know modeling it was always like a young man's game but mm-hmm. you know we've had two amazing uh models who are super successful you know who are both like in their 40s yeah one of them just turned in fairness but like <laughs> jack oh yeah yeah oh, yeah jack course. and richard but like richard. would it is that something you're going to carry on doing as well like hopefully um, keep the keep the modeling going or once you get inside the beast you're like no nah, you're not gonna see my yeah. face anymore look richard i love jack and and richard both of them and richard has actually like been a mentor to me weirdly enough i went to school with him i went to school with him i was actually in the same same class as brother so we're ah. both from the same area and um we kind of touch base quite a few years ago now but we kind of like found this mutual connection I've always admired how he transitioned from being a model into what he does. And he's just so knowledgeable. Like every time I speak to him, I learn something because of his background. He was a lawyer before he understands and he knows so much about brands and from, from the beginning to end, you know, I mean, he's super into sustainability. So he's taught me so much about that. I just feel like I've, I've always had so much to gain from my friendship with, um, with Richard. So I'd really admire him. I mean, I still model here and there. Like I did, 
a Mango campaign last year, a Zara campaign this year with Brett Lloyd, which was amazing. So Sick. I think when the right projects come up, for me, if it's the right brand and the right, you know, people involved, I would love to continue. And the right paycheck. Yeah, I'd love, yeah, <laughs> I'd love to, I'd love to, because I love, I love photography and I also love being in photos. So. Yeah. As a model, I if it aligns with everything else I'm doing, then I'd love to, you know, do something amazing with a brand that I love, you know, like I've never walked a, a fashion show, but I would love to walk like a, you know, a Casablanca show or Jackmas show just because Sick. I kind of see, I, I've, I could see myself doing it. Yeah. So in terms of runway, like that, those would be two brands that I'd love to, to, to walk a show in. Um, and in terms of shoots, like I'd, lo- I'd still love to do a big fragrance campaign that I grew up with, like a... You know, like a Jean Paul Gaultier, or like you know, <laughs> yeah, a little Link spray. Um, but yeah, like I, so. There, there's always been gold. There's you know, there's brands I'd love to do something. Tom Ford like campaign, or like an underwear camp. You know, the, the yeah. Calvin Klein like. The and icons. I think like I, I work with Calvin Klein a lot socially, and I think like I and I would love to really tell us give, give a chance to tell a story with them through like a something big. You know, down yeah. the line. So of course, like as a model, there's definitely brands I'd still still want to work with within that medium and then hopefully even have the opportunity to be involved as the model and also somewhat creatively as well. Um, but weirdly enough, to, on, on the topic of your guys' question, not a lot of people know. So I signed with a creative agency last year. So I have my modeling agency in London look after just my modeling and my creative agency in New York who look after my creative stuff. And they have been unbelievable and been amazing and supporting me and, and working with me and, getting job just been everything I've needed um, however when I knew this going into the contract I knew that in order to get paid by them I'd had to have my US visa which I'm hoping by the time uh. this episode comes out I'll have because <laughs> I should should get it in the next few days but because of that I was very much aware of that all the brands I've been working with all the stuff I've been doing I haven't actually been able to get paid so this so so this week this this last year I've barely bought any clothes I've relied a lot on gifting uh, or so like, you, will you get paid? Like, can yeah, you, have you got yeah. a backlog of invoices? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I, so the money's waiting for me. Right. Legally, they can't pay me. It's, it's something I, I really wanted to sign with this agency. Yeah. And they were, re- and you know, we really wanted to work together. I knew this going in that I, it was going to take some time. And again, this goes back to what I was saying before: is like you take a financial hit for the long term game. And yeah, so, so I haven't really bought clothes this year. So I haven't even been dropping like, yo, I've got some ideas for fire <laughs> fits, but I haven't even been dropping them. And, and even even with brands as well like I love to reinvest like um, when I'm working with a brand to reinvest you know that budget into producing something so what I am excited about future moving forward is because so I should the visa should be coming through in the next few days and once that opens and financially I have that money coming and I feel like I'm ready to like up that level in terms of like what I produce with brands and how I yeah. so if the audience don't listen to you uh, don't follow you now now it's time to go follow you because yeah, yeah, the Instagram's yeah. about to go off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I've just been, this last year has been like, I've been like, it's almost been like back to basics a bit, like trying to like figure out how I'm going to do things without without having the money, like knowing I'm earning like X amount of money, but not having access to it. Whereas what like now it's like, yo, when this comes through and, and I can go to the, <laughs> I really want to go to the to the US as well and explore that market and have that, have that freedom to bounce between like Europe and, and the US. So so in terms of like what I'm doing socially and on Instagram and... Are you on TikTok? 
I am on TikTok, yeah. But oh, yeah. Not a lot well, why did you get so it. sheepish then? Because I've never, like, shared a TikTok to Instagram. Like, I've never, like, no one on, I, I'm, I'm never out there going, like, follow me on TikTok on Instagram. That's yeah. just, like, I keep it a separate thing. I don't do any viral dances. So you're not going to catch. What? Well, that's what you do in that. real life. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like, what I do in real life is my own, like, you're, I'll you're just, prime for TikTok. I'll just freestyle. Like, I'll just freestyle. <laughs> if, you, if you've been following me for long enough, you know that any opportunity in the story, like, I'm going to just, like, I'm gonna be dancing. I'm gonna be like vibing. I'm I've gonna seen be you on the Jackman's Instagram dancing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah at, the sh- at, the, at the at the afterpart, which by the way was such an incredible party and show that was unbelievable. Yeah, so so for me, TikTok is is, is somewhere where like if I'm if I'm happy enough to post it on my stories. I've always posted that kind of stuff on my story. So like yeah. while I'm the aesthetic, you know, you know, whatnot, like I've always wanted to like show my personality or when it comes to stories and things like that. So I will share that kind of stuff to, to TikTok. So you can go there and check that out. I've not really involved so much in the whole, um, the whole like viral trends. I have my own opinion. I don't, the thing is like, yeah, I've got my opinion on TikTok. <laughs> well, I think it's quite nice. Like, you know, everyone knows you as the handsome lad off Instagram, mm. but there's so much more to you. So it is a good opportunity if someone wants to like, if they've yeah. enjoyed this, for example, getting a bit, know a bit yeah, more about yeah. you. TikTok's the place to actually go and follow you for yeah, that yeah, real yeah. Like, like, lifestyle I mean, content. yeah, you'll always see that on, on Instagram, on stories, but if you want a place for where I'm going to be like bopping a, a little, little dance move here and there, <laughs> then, uh, then yeah, like TikTok, like we'll, we'll, we'll have that as well. It'll be, it'll be originals only though, though. No, no trends. You know? <laughs> And on the fashion note, when the invoices drop and you're buying clothes again, what are some brands that you've been like looking at recently? What are some new brands that have been on your radar recently that you're like, I'm going to start buying some of their stuff? Yeah, we don't hear Nanushka because do you know what? I've seen Nanushka on your Instagram. <laughs> how, how many photos do you think you've taken in the Nanushka store? Oh my God. <laughs> Yo, I put that store on the map. <laughs> Yo, I was in there taking, I was in that store taking photos before they'd even opened. So yeah, small brands. Who, yeah, who, yeah. Are, we, who are we looking at now? You know, we've given shine to Prada. We've given shine to Loewe. If you know me, if you follow me, if you have been following me, you'll know that I've been like an R Legacy rep for years now. So if there's if there's one brand I'm going to mention, that's like, I mean, I wouldn't even say that that that's small upcoming. They've been around for a while. I do think like with the recent collaborations, it's, it's given them a nice platform to to become more known globally or in diff- or, or to different audiences. But our legacy for me has just been a brand that I've shopped at for years now and I've always like I've always like fucked with their stuff like since uh, the amount of money I've spent in that store is actually <laughs> ridiculous like any uh, small independents like any young designers or like is there anyone you've seen at fashion week that was like yeah they're sick yeah anyone you're excited about seeing no <laughs> no, 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 no I, actually wanna, I, I actually want to think about that though. there's got to be some um we, we were going through uh, London Fashion Week earlier because obviously yeah. it's, it's upcoming. We yeah. don't know who you want to see. And actually, it's the first time it's been kind of exciting. Yeah. I know you've got, because you've got Raph Simmons doing London, you've got Burberry. Then you've got like a lot of the smaller designers who I'll call like Stefan Cook, Chet yeah. Lowe, people like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love Stefan Cook stuff. I love Wells Bonner. Yeah. Like, like seeing the, I mean, I've been wearing those, her Adidas trainers for like couple years now but now it's, it's great to see that that's like an ongoing collab but just like everything yeah. Wells, Bond is, Wells Bond is doing is uh, is super cool so I'm excited to see where like you know where that goes is there any like Cypriot designers there's like there's none that I know of or yeah like, made themselves like apparent to me like there's honestly like I do find myself like in a lot of ways on my own out in this industry like I don't think a lot of 
Cypriots are in or saying that there's the boy Elias yeah. who's like who's yeah. like doing this thing as well he's about to drop um, at this moment in time literally no one has seen any like shots of Elias stuff yet properly but yeah even like I went for food with him and El showed me one photo from his like campaign yeah unbelievable but there was no clothes in it there was nothing it was just a face and how it's shot and the colours and everything yeah, was yeah, beautiful yeah. but even I haven't seen any of his stuff but that's that's all influenced by his Moroccan side. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So the, I was speaking to him about that the other day. Weirdly enough, I was on the on our way to a gentleman's journal. We're doing like a lunch, and he was he we were talking about the inspiration that has come with the collection. He said like this is super heavily influenced by his Moroccan African side, but he's also really like at some point wants to explore his like Cypriot heritage as well because he he understands that that is is, is just as rich. You, you know, need to yeah. get in there first. Hmm? You need to get in there yeah, first. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, bro, <laughs> just, just keep on that Moroccan stuff. <laughs> but yeah, you know what? Like, I, I don't feel there are as many Cypriots occupying like this space, uh, which is which is also nice and refreshing in a way because it's like, okay, that can be my thing right now. But at the same time, yeah, like I do wish more Cypriots were in the game because you know, my my people are around. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's lonely at the top. <laughs> do you know what though it's crazy because it, it, some of these questions my mind goes blank now and I know I'm just going to leave later on and be like fuck like shit yeah. that, this brand this brand like this designer or like all this you know so I feel bad you know nothing's coming to me right now other than other than who I've said but well yeah. speaking of questions being absolutely pinged at you so let's have the last question let's of go. the pod if we went into the metaverse oh yeah how would we find you? What would you be looking like? You can have one outfit that you'll be dressing your your digital online character in. Topless. Topless. <laughs> just nude. Like a, a Greek god. <laughs> you'd be just casting marble. Yo. Speaking of which, have you seen my little bus there? That's me, by the way. Jeez. Come on. That's that's Danny's face with your body. Bro, that's me, yeah. What are you talking about? <laughs> that's me. You got me in your apartment, bro. Come on. Especially um, made for this app. I would be. It's crazy. You'd like, be in your I, lingerie, bro. I'm a big like. I'm a big like comic book fan. So like, I grew up on Marvel comics. Um, I'm a big, big Marvel fan. I think that if I was in the metaverse, I'd either if I wasn't wearing something like fashion wise, I'd be wearing like a Spider Man's outfit, like you know the black Spider Man symbiote suit. Like I'd probably rock in that, or like I have like a Thanos like Infinity Gauntlet on my on my arm, like big mashup. Yeah, yeah. It would be like underpants over the trousers. What Superman thing? <laughs> Always. Um, otherwise, yeah, I'd probably What's be. What's the fashion fit then? Uh, the fashion fit would probably be like a. Mm, mm, this is tough. Maybe like a Tom Ford tux, like a white white tux, something like that. Um, I think will be fire because because I'm, I'm trying to think of things that I wouldn't wear in my like everyday life. Yeah, and like that's why I love like I love like cocktail events and dressing up because I'm I'm not I'm usually kind of casual. I'm comfortable. You know, so probably something like that would be, would be pretty sick. And obviously, you represent yourself digitally. You never know what's going to be thrown at you. So it's exactly. an all white tux. Exactly. Come on, my tuxedo. Let's have you. And a golden gun. And a golden gun. And on that note, on that note, thank you very much for joining us, Andrew. This has been thank fantastic. You, this has been good times. Bonus episode is going to be fucking mental. Yeah, if you want to hear a lot of talk about abs. <laughs> Bonus episode. I, mean, I think we got we got what abs, hair, clothes, and there's a couple of like Marvel ones in there as well. Oh man, there's oh, some there is. Jeez. Come on, people know me, do they? Perfect. Cheers very much. 
onwards to the bonus content. Go. Catch you in a bit. If you're talking the hardest, geeks better pop up in your thoughts as an artist. Jeez. Taunt in the market, everybody wants to know where walk in the park is. Walk in the party, sporting Armani, half of the crowds all snorting my Charlie. 